Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Well, last night we started this uh, theme of beauty from ashes. And you know, there's one thing I just want you to be encouraged with. Boy, we all struggle in this world. We struggle in this world because there's this thing called sin. You know, they're Adam and Eve, first two people created. They're walking in fellowship with God. And then all of a sudden, God says, hey, you know that tree over there? Just stay away from that tree. Most of you know the story really quickly. I mean, real well, so I can tell it very quickly. Easy for me to say. See, it's early in the morning for me, too. I'm really a nighttime guy, you know? How many of you guys are morning people? Two of you? All right. How many of you are nighttime people? Of course you are. You're teenagers. That's a stage of life. I read the book. That's what you're supposed to be. So that's good. So you're going to have to work really hard because I don't have a message for you this morning. I hate to disappoint you. I don't want to tell you that, but God has something profound to tell you this morning. The question is, are you going to listen? Are you going to obey? Are you going to open your mind and your heart to say, God, what did you wake me up in this four degree weather at this ungodly hour to teach me this morning? See, that's you. And how do we know that? We know that because we established last night what? God is, starts with an S, kind of a hard word. He is what? Sovereign. See, you were there. One word, you already have it. He was sovereign. Can anybody raise their hand and tell me what's one thing that sovereign means? There's a whole bunch of things. What does it mean? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Yes. He has a set plan. He put it in motion. That plan is set. Yes. He's all-knowing. You're not going to wake up today and go, hey, you know, I figured something out. I better email God and let him know. Of course, y'all wouldn't email him anymore. That's totally old school, wouldn't it? You'd just take the Snapchat and Snapchatogram, you know, it'd be like, you know, like on my story this morning, hey, God, you know, like he's sovereign. He's all-knowing. His plan was set, and he is all-authoritative, every authority. He has the power over every single thing. Above the earth, below the earth, and on the earth. You know what that means? He has the power over any struggle that you could have. Any type of addiction that you would have. Any kind of depression that you would have. Any kind of situation that you would have. It didn't surprise God. We established last night... When did God know he was going to have to send Jesus Christ here to the earth to redeem all of mankind? Was it at the end of the Old Testament? He's like, oh man, they're really lost. What are we going to do about this situation? When did God know he was going to have to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who was going to live a sinless life, who was going to walk on this earth, who would be tempted in the same ways that we would be tempted but did not sin, who would teach, who would not abolish the law but fulfill the law and bring us freedom from the law, who was ultimately willing to lay down his life in God's sovereignty. He gave his life. They didn't take the life of Jesus. It wasn't like Jesus couldn't unfold the crime. He couldn't get away from the, from the Roman Empire. It wasn't like he willingly he could have called on a legion that's 72,000 angels he could have called on them in a moment's notice in fact when they came to arrest Jesus when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and they said who is Jesus of course Judas was going to kiss him on the cheek and when Judas kisses him on the cheek he said the one that I kiss on the cheek he says Judas you're going to betray me with a Chris brother do what you've come to do when he does that and then still not everyone knows and they're like are you Jesus like No, he kissed the wrong dude. How many guys are up here? It's in the garden. It's me. You know what I'm saying? And he said, I am. Does anybody know when he said, I am Jesus? Does anybody know in scripture what happened? Everyone. 
every single one of the soldiers. Now let me thank you. Do you think when they all got up and they're dusting themselves off, man, that was a big clanking noise. We got all these clubs. and Do you think they thought, oh, well, we'll get him anyway. We're going to take him down. They were not going to take Jesus. Jesus willingly gave his life. Why? Because in God's sovereignty, we were worth him laying down his life. Here's the first principle for the morning. God has value for you. God values you. He loves you. How do we know that? He sent his one and only son. We said last night as we concluded, how do we know God is sovereign? Number one, he created you. Genesis 1.26, male and female, he created you. Psalms 139, 13 through 16, he knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. All of your days were ordained before one of them came to be. Ephesians 2.10, you are created in the image. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance. He created you. Number two, he loves you. He created you because he desires to have relationship with you. Number three, we said last night was what? He sent Jesus to redeem you in his sovereignty. And number four, he has a plan for your life. Now, whether you obey that plan, that's up to you. Whether you walk in obedience to that plan, that's up to you. Whether you even know that plan, that's also up to you. Because that's why it says in verse 13, you will know these plans when you seek me with all of your heart. The question this morning is, so why do we find ourselves, all of us, we, we, I could be preaching with a mirror right here. It could be me and me like, why are you doing what you're doing, K.O.? What, like, what, like, we, why do we struggle with the things in this world? If his will is sovereign, the simple answer is this, choice, choice. We started last night in Isaiah 61 with what he uh, did in his sovereignty, and this is verse 2, Isaiah 61, 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To comfort all who mourn. What we're going to talk about today is, what are the actions, what are the things that we do in our lives that cause mourning, that would cause God to mourn? When we walk in disobedience... Does it hurt another person? Sure. Does it hurt your parents? Yes. Does it hurt a friend? Probably. Does it hurt a boyfriend or girlfriend? Usually. Does it hurt a teacher? Yes. Well, like, there's so many ways that we don't do what we're supposed to do, or maybe we do things that we're not supposed to do. So there's two ways to do that. You could know you're supposed to be doing something, and you don't do it. How many of you guys in here are procrastinators? Anybody got the paper? Yeah, of course we are. Why, why would you do it now? I mean, it's not due for two weeks. Why would we start that now? So when do we start that? When? We all know, right? Day before. You know, I'm so impressed that y'all said day. Because usually teenagers, like teenagers in the South say night before. But y'all are y'all intellectual up here in the North. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so y'all start the actual day before, right? And then how, how late? Let's just take a poll here. Average time you go to bed before that project's due. Who says around 1 o'clock? 2 o'clock? 3 o'clock? 4 o'clock? 5 o'clock? 
Okay, three, four, five. Do some of you finish before midnight? Maybe I should go backwards. Midnight? Your parents make you go to bed? You're not really. I know. You're under your sheets with your Instagram. I know what you're doing. All right? I got to you know, like my, okay, good. So we wait. That's, that's our nature. So what we're going to look at today, this morning, quickly, we're going to look at what are things that affect us every single day that causes God to mourn, and ultimately, when we're involved in these situations, can cause mourning in our own life. Now, mourning in the Bible, in biblical times, mourning was a very noted thing. They would wear sackcloth like they would be unfashionable. You know, like when you have the potato sack races, you know, when you're out there in the field when you're in kindergarten or whatever. So sackcloth, they would take ash. Like ash was a, a sign in biblical times that someone had sustained a significant loss. And they would actually take ash and they would put it all over you, their face for sure, but sometimes, depending on the morning, all over their whole body. They would be mourning the loss. They would be in this deep physical appearance of there's something going on in this person's life that's causing them this anguish, this depression, this sadness, and it's overwhelming. And the ash was an outward sign that that person is undergoing severe uh, emotional distress or trauma or loss or grief or depression. And everybody could see it in biblical times. So in biblical times, when you say ashes to beauty, it would be like the Lord's going to take this devastating situation and breathe new life or bring regeneration or bring reconciliation or bring some kind of healing on this person and then you'll see the ash go away you will see life come back you will see their countenance start to smile you'll see them to pick up life again and you will see this transformation and in biblical times ashes to beauty was something they would see physically all the time the problem today is this, we don't live in biblical times. So what we have become very skilled at, and teenagers, you're the best. That, like, there's a lot of things you can say teenagers are the very best at, you know, technology, social media. I mean, you can fill out that whole list, but here is one of the very best things you're the best at. Putting on a mask. And not really. Telling others what's really going on inside of you. Man, you can fake it till you make it. You can fake it all. Do y'all know what church speak is? Y'all ever heard the word church speak? This is church speak. When you go into church and you go into the foyer and people are coming in that day. And, you know, you got all these different families, different things coming in. And you got some of them, like the parents, they all match. And their kids are a little matching. But they come in. And they're all coming in. People are like, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good. How you doing? Good, good, great. How's your week? Great. Everything. How's everything at home? Good, good. Like church speakers, like everything's good. Everything's on the up and up. Everybody's in the lobby. Everybody's feeling good. You walk into your youth group. Man, having a great week. High five. Yeah, that's good. Like everything's good. The problem is, everyone that said, yeah, we're good, everything's great, their life might be messed up six ways to Sunday. They could have an illness, they could have financial devastation, they could have something going on in their home, you guys have all kinds of things going on, you could be getting bullied at school, you could have all these things going on all around you, and you're never going to share that or let other people into your life. And it causes mourning. You don't have ashes all over you. You're not walking with a down countenance. You're walking the way our society has trained us that you're resilient and you're good. Everything's fine. But on the inside, you're hurting. 
and you're broken and you're, you have these things in life that are affecting and sometimes you're supposed to be looking at one thing but you're just thinking about something else or you're supposed to be studying but you have this thing going on and that's what we all do. We operate thinking we have to wear this mask and be up and everything's good. And you know what? This Bible right here, it's full of people who had to overcome significant challenges and had things going on in their life. These Bible people, they did not have it all together. One of the reasons I told you this story about me last night is I don't come to you having put it all together. I could not control many of those things that happened to me that week in my life. We all have issues. We all have things that go on in our life. I mean, look at Moses. Moses' Moses' life, I mean... They were killing all the babies. He, he started out in a basket floating down, gets picked up, gets raised to the other thing. He's up. He's raised by, you know, Pharaoh and his army. He's going to go and tell the leader of the whole Egyptian nation. We're taking all the Israelites. He goes, I can't go tell them that. I can't, I can't even speak. I, I can't even speak when I get. Well, I'll send Aaron to speak for he gave, he gave God this list of all these reasons he was not qualified to go do that. I mean, he's leading them out. He's got the Egyptians bearing down on him. He's got the Red Sea on this side, the Egyptians on this side. He's like, what the heck am I going to do in this situation? Like, look at the, the moments that they have. Look at Jonah. The Lord comes to Jonah specifically. He says, you know, the plan, a set plan, a sovereign plan. I want you to go to Nineveh. The sin is outrageous. I'm sending you, Jonah, to go there. What's he do? Gets on a boat and what? I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarsus. I'm not going to do that. How did that work out for him? Three days in a well? I mean, really? Swallowed up? Talk about ash experience. And then he gets, literally, he gets vomited. He gets thrown up back up onto the shore, and God comes back to him. What does God tell Jonah? Now I want you to go where? Nineveh. Jonah willingly, intentionally got on a boat and went the other direction, totally disobeyed God. And after that ash moment, God said, now are you ready to listen? I mean, don't make me get another fish. You know what I'm saying? But listen, even in his blatant disobedience, even when he turned and did exactly opposite of what God told him, God did not change his purpose for Jonah. Whatever you've done in the past, whatever you might be doing right now, whatever you might be in the middle of, that does not change that God created you, that God loves you, He sent Jesus to redeem you, and He has a plan for your life. That's good news. That's the truth of the gospel. In His sovereignty, He takes all of our ashes and He turns them into beauty if we let Him. The problem is we don't. That requires repentance. That requires transparency. That requires help. And we don't reach out for help. I study you guys for a living. I know that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Like some of you are like, oh my gosh, you know. But I study you because so far in this life, this is one of the things the Lord blesses me with. I love to hang out with you guys. I got to talk to a bunch of students last night and this morning. I'm going to be hanging around all day today. I love to visit with you if you have things going on. Your leaders would love to visit with you. Here are the top 10 things. Okay, here are the top 10 things in 2018. The top 10 struggles. This just came out from the Barner Research Group. Now, you don't have to raise your hand. But let's just look at them quickly. We're going to look at things affecting your life. I want you to ask yourself, 
A, is this something that I have struggled with, something that's currently going on, or something going on in a friend that I have right now? And then B, if that's you, what are you currently doing about it? Does anyone know that? Have you told anyone? Have you shared anyone? Is there a friend that you need to get help? So we're going to look at these, and then we're going to look, secondly, this morning at what do y'all do with it? Who do you go talk to? Because that's every bit. And then we're going to finish up with looking at what God designs to do that. Here they are. Number one, depression. 3.1 million adolescents in the United States had at least one episode defined as more than one day of something going on in your life. There are tons of reasons. And, and there's a lot of research on all this. And for your sake, because there's 10 of them, you're like, oh my gosh, there's 10 of them. And I, But listen, I can do it quick. Y'all know I can talk pretty fast because I can do it if I have to. But listen, I don't want to talk so fast that you miss it. Depression is multifaceted. For some people, depression is chemical. You can genetically, biologically be born with a propensity toward depression. And there are some very simple medications, like small, like small amounts, like you take a vitamin C every day, that will completely change your life. But if you don't ever tell anyone... You can't get that, so you knowingly live in a state of downness and have these things going on chemically that you can't control that could be taken care of. Now, I'm not sponsored by Walgreens or CVS. I'm not saying go to the doctor and go get yourself, but I'm saying sometimes when you don't share, we can't give you the help that you need. And we meaning people like God desires for you to walk in his fullness. So it may can be chemical, it could be psychological, it could be because of an episode, it could be big something you've had your whole life, or it could be something that happened to a friend or a family member or a close cousin or someone that you know, or it could be something going on. It's like there's multiple causes for that. But if you don't have the courage to sit down with one of these amazing leaders that brought you here, or your youth pastor and just said, man, I have this struggle going on. Hey, can I tell you something? Everybody has a struggle going on. Everybody. If we want to pull up the back and get a bus and say, this is the struggle bus, it better have, yeah, 147 seats on it. Because we all need to get on. That's the purpose of the gospel. And you know what? When we look at mourning... What saddens God is when we don't trust God to say he's bigger than that. He can overcome that. He can heal you from that. We won't talk about all of them, but that's worthy of a stop because there's a lot more people affected than we think. Bullying, things going on online and in person. Sexual activity. We've never been in a world that's been more saturated with all the sexual, sexual innuendos that are out there today. Sitcoms have it. Movies have it. Music has it. This teenage culture, let me tell you something. Trying to stand up and do the right thing sexually, it's a battle in our world today at every level. You're a teenager, it's not going to get easier in college. In college, it's not going to get easier when you're a young adult. When you're a young adult, it's a battle that's out there that you have to make decisions. It's not just sexual activity it's not just sexual experimentation it's sexual agenda it's sexual orientation the lbgtq movement right now is unbelievable the transgender movement it's unbelievable it's like the health books now the health curriculum this is a family of mother and a father a mother and a mother 
a father and a father. It's taught factually as curriculum as if this is the fabric, this is the society, this is the world we live in. Well, guess what? That is the world we live in, but that's not the world that God created. So you have to understand what's right and wrong in that area. I'm not here to throw shade. I should say this too. I have four teenagers. Whew, I know. Y'all just want to take a moment and pray for me now? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, let me tell you something else. B, I love teenagers. You have energy. You have passion. You have drive. I love to hang out with you guys. Man, if I could just be like, I don't know, pick any age, 17, 16, 14, now it doesn't matter. I would just live there because you guys are amazing, incredible. I, KO, I am for you. I'm not showing you the slide to say, this is what you're trapped to, you know, this, I'm not that get off my lawn kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm that, hey, let's make some decisions according to the word of God. Let, let's leave that in our rearview mirror. Let's leave that behind. 1 John 1, 9 says, he is faithful and just. He sent Jesus Christ here. He will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if there are steps, if there's a strategy, if there's a method, that's why we're here. Maybe that's why God brought you here this weekend in your sovereignty. This might be for two people. This might be for five people. This might be for everyone here. But I can tell you this. We all have a sin problem because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the purpose of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was to come here and say, give me your mourning because I am here. I died for you. I value you i love you i want to heal you i am on your side god is not against you he is for you god is for you and i am for you but that area right there will destroy you because we're saturated in it drug and alcohol use as we know at all time look at that the average age to start and take your first drink or to take your first hit of a joint now 10 years old if you don't remember when you were 10, that's fifth grade. Fourth or fifth grade. Fourth or fifth grade. If we are trying to help people make decisions about that in middle school, it's too late. They're addicted. Okay? Self-harm. When people have things in their life that they don't really know what to do, sometimes that the way that plays out destructively which has its origins in the Old Testament, is by harming themselves. This is the silent assassin, is what they call it. Because people do this and people don't know. And if you're in that, if you're in that boat, come see me. Come see this River Valley Ranch. Come and see your people, because we want to help you. We are on your side. Body image. It's obesity, obesity listed, but it's also body image, eating disorders. What do we know? You poor, amazing, incredible, beautiful girls designed exactly the way God made you. Let me tell you something. You are perfect. You are in the perfect mold of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to go blush or women's conference or be Sadie right now. Or I'm not going to do all that stuff. You're an inner woman. But let me tell you this. You are knit together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made exactly the way that God made you and the way that he sees you. And when the world tells you unrealistic expectations and you internalize those, you do things to yourself that's destructive. And we want to help you with that. We want to help you. You know why God mourns in that? Because he created you and the enemy has convinced you and our society and our culture has lied to you. And what you're really saying, you're not saying this, but this is what you're saying. 
is God, I'm not satisfied with what you created. It's a, it's a tough thing. I know it's kind of hurly early in the morning. Like, I really want to jump in, Jack, tell you some funny stories. I have a whole bunch of those. But we, we have to get real. If God brought you here, today, oh, we have all day today to sort through these issues. Academic problems. Mm-hmm, we've already covered procrastination. Physical issues. Now, you're at a retreat. I've got to be careful with this. But when you look statistically at how much 13 to 19-year-olds are sleeping today, it's frightening. Meaning, not at all. These two people right here, they about both, they both did that. They did this right here. They're on the front row. And I love you. Thanks for sitting on the front. I just said sleeping. If you knew how long you're both, they didn't move because they're cool. Both of them just now, they just went to each other. So we'll talk later because you're on the front row. All right. So, all right. All right. Social media. This is crazy. What people do to keep their streak alive. There is a guy. There's a 17-year-old in Houston, Texas, who has a business that if your parents make you go on a mission trip, make you go on a cruise, if you have to go to Disneyland, you can hire this guy. You can hire a 17-year-old in Houston, Texas, give him your information, and he will guarantee to keep all of your streaks alive. All of your Instagram, all your public, like, he'll keep everyone, like, you've got to go, you've got to go to the country, oh my gosh, what I, like, kids are saying, I don't want to go to Ireland with my family because I want to keep my streak going, like, wait a minute, Ireland for a week, paid for, no, 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 I, I mean, I've been going 714 days, it's a three-year deal, I'm like, really, like, really, that's the world that we, like, And it creates anxiety for people who think they can't go do these things because of this self-induced fulfillment from keeping this streak alive. If you're an adult in here, we mean that every single day you check in your social media. It's not streaking like in the 80s, what y'all were thinking about in the dorm rooms. So I thought I better, I forgot to clarify that early on for our people here, all right? So social media, you're also, you're inundated with your likes and your follows and, hey, share this and do this and follow me at Twitter. Like, that's fine, that's good, but that's a false sense. I hope you know that's a screen friend. That's not a real friend. That's not a relational friend. That's that. When you see the ministry of Jesus, he didn't say, okay, I'll meet you guys in Jerusalem, come to the synagogue, 10 o'clock on Sunday, about an hour, hour and a half. I won't keep you past 1130 because I know how busy that all the restaurants get on Jerusalem Street. You know what I'm saying? Man, he was walking with the disciples. He was pouring into the disciples. He was healing on the Sabbath and making the whole style. Like, like Jesus does not need permission. Jesus is there all the time. Those of you who have a relationship with him, he's walking with you. He's indwelling you. For those of you who have a future relationship for you, he's there knocking on the door. Invite. He's like, behold, I stand at the door and knock, Revelation 3.20. If you invite me in, I'll come. I'll indwell you. You can give Jesus. All of these will disappear and evaporate to having the power over you. Does that mean you'll still need to take steps? Sure. Do you need accountability partner? Yes. Do you need the people in the local church? Absolutely. Do you need to go camp some weekends like this to get back on track? Yes. Definitely. Yes. 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 But what you will have is the supernatural power of the Almighty. Because you are not going to will yourself to not look at pornography. You're not going to will yourself to stop cutting. You're not going to go, I'm going to have a a moral plan that all of a sudden I'm going to stop trying to make myself throw up every time I eat. I'm not going to, like, you're not going to will yourself. You need supernatural help from the Lord God Almighty who indwells you and the people he surrounds you so that you don't walk in mourning. You can walk in the freedom that he has for you. 
Don't be captive to sin. Walk in the freedom of Christ. I beseech you. I love you. I desire for you to walk free. Because the things that have authority over you cause God great mourning. And in your own life cause mourning because they have power over you. On-screen violence, <clears throat> Call of Duty, mm-hmm. all right, Fortnite, mm-hmm. I see you, all the guys like, don't be, why you bring Fortnite in, <laughs> it's a Bible, I can bring whatever I want into this, I, mean, I just say, no, Dr. Pepper, now I got everybody's attention, I mean, you know what I'm saying, chocolate, you know, isn't it funny, the word of God, man, how much longer does he have, chocolate, is he giving away chocolate, wait, what just happened there, is the book changing colors, what happened, what, what are we doing, like, Wow. Those are just the top ten. That's not the exhaustive list. We could go on. That's what you have small groups for later. So now let's look at this. Now that we've identified some of the problems, and you can list your own in small groups. We have others. Here's the problem. Now that we know we have these problems, who are you turning to and where are you looking for advice? I know some of you are pretty fired up to get this list, aren't you? Let's just look at it. 42%. So 4 out of 10, you're going to go to a friend first. You should. You're 13 to 19. Okay? Up until the age of 5, your parents or your grandparent or your primary caregiver. Could be a grandparent, could be an uncle, could be a friend. Whoever feeds you, helps you get dressed every day, all those things. Until the age of 5, they're your hero. They're the person you emulate, the person you want to be like. From the age of 5... To the age of 11, your favorite teacher is the biggest influence in your life. Who speaks truth in your life? You want to please your teacher. You, man, if you, in third grade, for some of you, if you didn't have your lunch kit or you didn't do your homework or you forgot, you know, Mrs. Smith's, you know, paper you brought, it was like devastating to you. Like, I just don't want to disappoint. So it's your teacher. But then there's this magic thing that happens at the age of 12. From 12 to 19, your friends become king or queen. In your life, your friends are it. You want to be liked. You want to belong. You want, it's a sociological thing. It's a psychological thing. And it's a physical development thing. So you've got three of the core values that make you a human being that say, my friends are the driving influence in my life. That doesn't surprise God because that's why when Paul writes in Corinthians, bad company corrupts good morals. He knows what he's talking about. So when you guys face the 10 things we did, the first place most of you guys are going to go, I think that's kind of a low number, but I'll go with the guys who do it for a living. But you're going to go to your friends first. Then you're going to then possibly, possibly seek out a parent or a person. Depends on how bad the problem is. And you know there's a differentiation in this of whether you go to a friend or a parent. There's one thing, and you can't put it all in there, but the one thing that determines whether you go to a friend first or a parent first usually is finances. Like, in other words, those of you who drive, if you have a wreck, you know, like, if you have a social issue, you're going to talk to your friends or your parents, but if you have a wreck, what are you going to do? First, you're going to flip out because your parents, you know, are going to fly off the handle unless they're cool like me. And you're like, okay, are you okay? Good. It's just metal and plastic. That's what we have insurance for. It's not a big deal. 
Thank you, Dad. Don't tell Mom. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Any of you ever heard that before? All right. So, um, but finances is when you would go to a parent. Um, 37% of last a sibling. Some of you have older siblings and cousin there because sometimes with blending and everything goes on. 13% will go to a website. I think that's also a low number. Google. Google is not your moral counselor. Can I just help you with that? Google does some great things for you. Information, you need to go somewhere. It's like maps. Like when you're trying to find a restaurant now or you need directions somewhere. Did y'all know they used to print a map? There used to be a printed map. At one time, there was a phone book. There was this thing. You would have to look up somebody's phone number. It's the craziest thing ever. I mean, like, I know. You, uh, it's hard to believe. I, I know. But, but you're going to go to the internet for your advice. 9% will go to a teacher. See, 0 to 5, 100% are going to go to their teacher. Now that you're 13 to 19, now that you know more than all the teachers, right? Now that you're smarter than all the teachers. And, you know, if they could do anything else, they wouldn't be teaching. If they could get a real job, they wouldn't be hanging out. Can I just help you a little bit? Teachers have to be called to be teachers. There's no other way they would put up with you. They wouldn't do it. The paperwork, the administration. Are there any teachers here? Right there, there's a teacher. Let's lay hands on her right now and pray. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. And they're certainly not doing it for the money, right? I mean, we know that, all right? So, like, everybody's going to go, man, a moment of love for our teachers. Everybody like, but so, you know, 9% of the time you'll go see a teacher. That's good. That's part of why they're there. Here's the next thing that we'll do is 3%, all right, we'll go to some other resource not listed on here. All right, 3%. We'll go look at something else. So here's the question for you. God's sovereign. He has a set plan. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He has all authority. Where is God, the Bible, or Jesus on this list? We're talking about depression, bullying, sexual addiction, cutting. We're talking about deep core values that could have long-term ramifications to the core of who you are. Where is God on this list? He's not on the list. Only God that starts in a relationship with Jesus Christ can turn ashes to beauty. Only God. See, he tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him. He'll make your path straight. He tells us what? Be strong and courageous. You've got to be strong to overcome the strongholds of the enemy. You've got to stand up and be strong. But here's his promise for that. You don't have to do it in your own might and your own will. He says, if you're afraid of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, he will never what? He'll never leave you or forsake you. When you're in that terrible situation, when you're at the party that you shouldn't be at, when you're in a situation, you find yourself somewhere you shouldn't be, he'll never leave you or forsake you and here's what's incredible this is his desire this is what it is right here praise be to god the father lord jesus christ the father of compassion the god of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles are you ready number one he's going to comfort you and number two so what so that you can also comfort others
See, when you've been delivered from whatever that is, you have a desire to reach out. You have a desire to go. You have a desire to heal and bring that healing up. You see the manifest of who God is and what he's done to comfort you in that morning. And you're like, man, before this, before I had medication, I was depressed all the time. Before I did that, and all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's intoxic. You want to bring that to others because you desire for them also to be set free. Verse 5 says, Just we to share abundantly the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Him. Maybe not the most, wow, I really love that sermon, but let's just be real for a minute. The God of the universe, He created you. He has a plan for you. He loves you. And if you are entangled, if you are trapped, if you are captive to hidden sin, to things going on in your life, man, let's take those ashes. And let's have the courage to give those to Jesus. And let's watch Him transform us into beauty. His ashes, he'll take and create a beautiful, healed, alive, restored, incredible person that now can walk in the freedom and the path that he has for you. The band's return. We're going to sing one song. I want you to just pray. I want you to participate, obviously, in worship. But just ask the God of the universe. Is there something inside of me that I need? Can I give? Take this time. This altar's open. This band is here. We're going to have people here. Your staff's here. And then when we finish, you're going to have a time to go with your small group and visit and talk about how can we turn our ashes into something beautiful today. Let's stand and worship together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.